0: Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor at Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me, all that I have needed, thy hand hath provided. That was true 3,600 years ago for Jacob, and it is true this morning for you and for me. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 46. Last week we saw Joseph forgive his brothers as he made the following statement to them back in the last chapter where he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life Joseph could see from a 32,000 foot altitude that it wasn't all about him. It wasn't all about his feelings or what he had experienced. God had a much greater plan to provide all that his people needed. He would do that in Egypt. We've seen several pictures of Joseph as a forerunner of the Messiah, and this week, I could hear Jesus saying something similar to what Joseph said. Draw near to me. I am Jesus, your Savior, whom you've sinned against. But do not be angry with yourselves. God loved you so much that he sent me to bring you a new life, and that more abundantly. My pain on the cross, my blood I shed, purchased your peace." God used Joseph to save many alive, including his family, and now his father was making his way towards Egypt, God's protection for his chosen people during this famine. God doesn't promise to remove our trouble, but he does promise to always be our resource in our times of trouble. Father Jacob was now 130 years old when he received the news that Joseph was alive. He would not spend his remaining years grieving the son, his son's death. He would not suffer through a famine. He would have the best of the land, according to Pharaoh. He wouldn't suffer through the harsh winters he would be warmed by the hugs from his sons, including Joseph and his new two newest grandchildren. While he at times wrestled with God, while he went through a serious crisis more than once, it was now time to reap the good that he had planted through the years of his long life. There's an old Jewish proverb, for the ignorant, old age is as winter, but for the learned, it is a harvest. Wow. That just stopped me in my tracks as I looked at where I've been and where I am now, and certainly I am am harvesting a, a great blessing. This grandfather would reap a harvest of blessing and would finish his life strong in the confidence in the promises of God because he trusted the Lord for his provision, his protection, and for his pilgrimage into this new land called Egypt. All who follow God can trust Him for the same reasons because we too can walk in the confidence of the promises He's made in His Word to us. With God's Spirit in you, you never have to walk alone or without His guidance and provision. The title of my message today is The Wisdom of a Grandfather. And I want to pull out some of the wisdom from our text for finishing your life well, whether 30 or 130. Many of us here, though, are in the fourth quarter of our life. But whatever your age, with the rapture coming, we could all be in our final hours, and we want to finish strong, knowing full well that God is coaching us and providing for us all the way to the end of our earthly existence. Let me point out the wisdom of a grandfather here in our passage today so that we can all walk in the same wisdom and hear Jesus say to us on that glorious day, well done, good and faithful servant. First, we see a grandfather's confidence. Change is difficult the older a person gets. When Debbie and I first sensed God calling us to Idaho to plant a church, one of my first concerns was telling our tribe that we were moving from san diego to boise you see most grandfathers and grandmothers would give anything to have our setup that we had in san diego we had all our kids within 10 minutes of us we had all our grandchildren within 10 minutes of us and yet we were the ones that were leaving town that seemed strange Some of my friends thought, have you lost your mind? you have your whole family here and you're going to move to Boise? But when God tells you to move, you move. What did that look like for Jacob? God wasn't done with him. He was 130 years old and God still had a plan and a purpose for his life. Let's look into Genesis 46 now where we see letter A, God's promise to this grandfather. Verse 1. So Israel took his journey. Israel's another name for Jacob. So Jacob took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. So God said, I am God, the God of your father, Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hand on your eyes." Beersheba was about a week south of Jacob's current residence in Hebron. It was a very special place for the Jews. It was in Beersheba that Abraham dug a well and lived before and after his offering of Isaac on the, on the altar. Jacob's own father, Isaac, lived in Beersheba, as did Jacob himself. In Beersheba, God appeared to Hagar and spoke to her. He spoke to his father, Isaac, and now he appeared to Jacob there in a dream. With great wisdom and reverence, Jacob paused to build an altar and worship God before leaving the land of Canaan. You remember, God had had promised the Jews, Abraham's descendants, that they would have a land, and it was Canaan. Now he was leaving Canaan, and he wasn't sure that was the thing to do. He had great concern about leaving there. Jacob wanted to honor God, though, and recommit himself to the uh, the calling he was being given But he had reservations about leaving, and he paused there just before he crossed over into Egypt. The Israelites would not return to Canaan now for over 400 years. Why did Jacob fear going into Egypt? Well, I think, number one, he didn't want to leave the land that God had given him. They finally were there. And and there's other reasons as well. His grandfather, Abraham, had gotten himself into a lot of trouble in Egypt. You may recall that uh, he and his wife were there. And Pharaoh liked how his wife looked, but he didn't know they were married. And he lied to Pharaoh and said, that's my sister. He got a lot of trouble in Egypt. And then a second time he lied while he was there as well. And God had to intervene. Jacob knew that story. And then Jacob's dad, Isaac had started to head down to egypt and god literally stopped him in his tracks and said do not go to egypt so he had a reason to fear egypt but god comforted this grandfather he spoke to him and he gave him the promise that one day he would make a great nation of his descendants and that he would go with jacob and protect him the wisdom of a grandfather here is that Jacob knew that if God called him to a new land and a new calling, he wouldn't be going there alone, and that the Lord would take care of him and his people and his family. He provides wisdom to do the seemingly impossible, He provides grace for our shortcomings, He provides blessings just when we need them, and He provides direction. When we don't know what to do, He always knows. You can go with total confidence if God is going with you. God gave Jacob the promise that while he would one day die in Egypt, Joseph would close his eyes at his death. That means Joseph would be at his side, his son that he hadn't seen for a long time, 17 years Now, he would get to spend with Joseph before he died, but Joseph would be there at his deathbed, perhaps comforting him, holding his hand, maybe speaking into his ear how much he loved him, and it would be Joseph that would close his eyes at death, and that his body would be brought back to Canaan. God promised he would not stay in Egypt. And after his death, they held a memorial service in Canaan. They took his body by wagon. Pharaoh said, anything you need, take your dad, go and bury your dad. And they placed him in a very special burial location. It's called the cave of the forefathers, the cave of the patriarchs. Letter A, we saw God's promise to this grandfather. And in letter B, we see God's blessing to this grandfather. Verse 5, Then Jacob arose from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried their father Jacob, their little ones, and their wives, in the carts which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. You may remember last week when Pharaoh finds out that that Joseph's family is in Egypt, and they're trying to buy grain to survive. Pharaoh just goes, listen, all that we have is is available to your family, Joseph. In fact, take my wagons and go down and get your dad and get your family. Put them in the wagon, my special wagon, and bring them up here and we'll honor them. We'll give them the best of the land to graze their flocks. And, And they'll never want for anything. They'll eat of the best of Egypt, Pharaoh said. And so they carried... Jacob and their little ones and their wives in the carts which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. Verse 6, So they took their livestock and their goods which they had acquired in the land of Canaan and went to Egypt, Jacob and all his descendants with him, his sons and his sons' sons, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his descendants he brought with him to Egypt. Now these were the names of the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons who went to Egypt. The sons of Reuben were Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jakin, Zohar, Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Er, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. But Er and Onan died on the land, uh, in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Puva, Job, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulon were Sered, Elon, and Jalil. These were the sons of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob in Padan Aram with his daughter Dinah. All the persons, his sons and his daughters, were 33. The sons of Gad were Ziphion, Haggai, Shuni, Esbon, Eri, Erodi, and Arela. The sons of Asher were Jimna, Ishua, Eswe, Berea, Sarah their sister and the sons of Berea were Heber Malkiel and these were the sons of Zilpah whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter and these she bore to Jacob 16 persons verse 19 the sons of Rachel Jacob's wife that was his favorite wife first uh, were Joseph and Benjamin and to Joseph, in the land of Egypt, were born Manasseh and Ephraim, both Azanath, uh, uh, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. The sons of Benjamin were Bilah, Bekor, Ashbel, Gerah, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, and then my two favorite names, first and middle name, Mupin, and Hupam <laughs> and Ard. <laughs> these were the sons of Rachel who were born to Jacob, 14 persons in all from Rachel. The son of Dan was Hushim. The sons of Nephtali were Jaziel, Guni, Jazir, and Shillam. These were the sons of Bilah whom Laban gave to Rachel, his daughter, and she bore these to Jacob 7 persons in all all the persons who went with Jacob to Egypt who came from his body besides Jacob's sons wives were 66 persons in all lest you think there's a million people traveling to Egypt there's not there's a little tiny group of people but a people that would not stay tiny forever verse 27 and the sons of Joseph who were born to him in Egypt were 2 persons all the persons of the house of jacob who went to egypt were 70. no doubt jacob enjoyed the blessings of his children and grandchildren it's amazing that this little band of people would one day be responsible in part for birthing the nation which would bless the entire world all the way up to to today god had truly blessed jacob and would continue to do so until the end of time and bring about a people who would be as numerous as the grains of the sand in the ocean and the number of stars in the heaven. Why? Because the Lord is a promise-keeping God. And if He says He's going to do it, He'll do it in His time. Do you ever pause to give thanks to God for the countless blessings He showered upon you? I mean, just on a daily basis, stop and think. How much... He showers upon us. I think the half, maybe three quarters, we don't even realize. We can't even comprehend them. And yet God just continues to bless us with everything we have. And they are more numerous than we can recall. Don't get hyper-focused on our trials because here's what happens. You know, we'll be going along, we'll be singing uh, a happy song and whistling, and then a trial comes into our life. And, And if we focus on that trial too much it takes our eyes off of God and it takes our eyes off of all the blessings that we have we just tend to forget about all of that and we get hyper focused on the trial or the storm that he's taking us through remember and celebrate the people he sent into your life on a daily basis recall God's gifts and his graces and his mercies as if they were new every morning because they are In letter A, we saw God's promise to this grandfather. Letter B, we saw God's blessing to this grandfather. And now letter C, we see God's goodness to this grandfather. The 11 brothers had already been forgiven by and reunited to Joseph at this point. But now it's dad's turn to be reunited and to see his son. Verse 28 then he, Jacob, sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. You remember, they don't know where they're going. They, they don't go into Egypt. And now they're going into Egypt. And Jacob sends Judah ahead. He'd had a good conversation with this, you know, Asnath paneah Judah now is kind of the leader of the family, so he sends him ahead says hey find out where this place is where they want us to camp and and make our life and and they came to the land of Goshen so Joseph made ready his chariot and he went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel and he presented himself to him what an interesting that's another one that I had to stop and think about this was a presentation he hadn't seen his dad in 22 25 years And this is the first time he's going to see him, And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Wow. Twenty-plus years of grief and sorrow just pour out of these men. Verse 30, And Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face. Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, my brothers and those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan have come to me and the men are shepherds for their occupation has been to feed livestock and they have brought their flocks, their herds and all that they have. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation that you shall say? Here's what I want you to say your servants occupation has been with livestock from our youth even till now both we and also our fathers that you may dwell in the land of goshen he wants to set this up with pharaoh for every shepherd is an abomination to the egyptians the egyptians don't like shepherds the goshen valley is 900 square miles in size It was truly fertile grazing land and is today as well. It's the ideal place for Jacob and his flocks and herds. While Jacob was caught up for a moment in sorrow and death over all that had happened, he would move on to joy and to worship over the realization of his reunion with his favorite son. All of Israel rejoiced over their savior, Joseph, But the day is coming when Israel will rejoice over their Messiah too. Right now, they continue to reject Him for the most part, although many are coming to faith in Christ. The gospel is preached in Israel, and many have come to salvation over there. Still, the vast majority rejects Jesus as the Messiah. In his commentary of Joseph F.B. Meyer, wrote some 100 years ago, and you got to remember this, 100 years ago, 1910s, 20s, right in there, he wrote these words, The Jews are slowly filtering back to Palestine in unbelief. Sore troubles wait them there to prepare them to recognize their rejected Messiah. But the time is not far distance when they shall be prepared to hear Him say, i am jesus your brother whom you crucified but be not grieved with yourselves for god has brought good out of evil both for gentile and for jew by saving life with a great deliverance and they shall look upon him whom they pierced and mourn because of him and so all israel shall be saved one day the eyes, the scales off of their eyes, scripture says, are going to fall away, and they're going to realize that Jesus was their Messiah that they have been looking for. What will your legacy story be? What will your kids say about you when you're no longer here? Jacob, with the faithful wisdom of a grandfather, finished well. Yes, there were moments when he blew it, but for the most part, He followed God. He walked with God. And God doesn't grade on the exception, but rather on the rule. Isn't that good to know? You may remember that David, that's how uh, the, the Scripture describes David, except for that sin with Bathsheba, except for that, David obeyed God. He was faithful. There's an exception. All of us have that. We all fall down. We all blow it. There are days we continue to blow it. But God grades on the rule that you walked with Him. Christian, never in my lifetime have we been in more need than we are right now. As the world seems to be spinning out of control, God wants to work through you, through your life, through the time that we have left with the impact and influence that we carry. Now is the time. This generation behind us and their children need us now more than ever. And it's not so much how we start. It's not so much where you are right now. It's critical to how you finish. You get to write the rest of the story with your life. Make it a good ending. No matter where you are right now, make it a good ending. That you followed God you shared the gospel with as many people that he sent to you and that you were faithful that's the story of this grandfather let's pray father we thank you for stories like this that embolden us that gives us hope that can carry us on to the next thing that you have us to do thank you for the life of jacob and thank you for this story of joseph Thank You for Your grace and Your mercy that's new every morning. It's available to all of us. Thank You, Father, for everything You give us, the blessings that we don't even realize sometimes in our lives. Thank You for being there. Thank You that when You send us somewhere, we don't go by ourselves, but You go with us. You go ahead of us. You are behind us. You are under us to carry us to the next thing. And you are above all. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for Jesus, what he did on the cross for us, to be able to reconcile us to you, just like in the story. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit restoredcommunitychurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.